family members, husbands, wives, other kids. It's a tragic loss for everyone, tragic loss for everyone. And um, it happened Sunday. What day was Sunday? It, it, I don't know. It's just it, it's, it's had me doing a lot of self-reflection. I think, and I know it has every, every father out here that has a father of a daughter, you know, self-reflecting and being more proud to be a girl dad. So if you guys seen those hashtags, girl dad, girl dad, girl dad, all over social media, videos, pictures of fathers, you know, being proud to be a father of a daughter. I think that is absolutely beautiful. We got keep in mind that there were other parents on the on the on the helicopter that were, you know, as a mother of a son, you know, and mothers of daughters and life is short. Life is short. We're not promised as I said, you know, in my live video, we're not promised tomorrow, let alone the next hour. We're not at all. And, you know, it I, it is what it is. We got to make the best of it. And, you know, and keep moving forward. Now, you know what I just learned? Let me tell you something. So I just learned that Kobe Bryant's parents and him, they were on a disconnect. They weren't on good terms at all. You know, they had a, like, it seems as if that his parents, you know, they wanted more financial support from him. After he bought, he bought him a house, he, his mother started selling his old, old trophies and stuff like that. I'm like, they had a disconnect. And for him to have a disconnect like that with his parents and still was able to love and give like he gave and be there for other people, it shows that he didn't hold any remorse. And I think that plays a pivotal part in who he is, he was as a person. You know, a lot of people, including myself, have a hard time forgiving, especially when you hold those people so much um, in a high status in your life, like your parents, and they they don't show up for you the way you feel like they show up for, they should show up for you. But it didn't seem he held that animosity. You know, they have to take your parents to court and but yet still thrive. I mean it's I just learned this today and I to me it's just like I have like a greater respect for him. A greater respect for him. I don't know. I'm just I'm in I'm in like a Kobe trance right now. That's all I gotta say. I'm in a Kobe trance right now. We have you know, that's what I am. That's what I am. So I don't know. My co host freshly Miss T B and you know, we also are gonna have a new co host on um that's going to talk more about politics. So, you know, 
I don't know much about politics because I haven't been following it, but he's going to bring in that aspect of politics and kind of educate us, give us some cheat codes around the way. So, you know, um, that's going to be very interesting, I, I, I must say. We got a 678 number on the line. 678, do you want to speak up or you want to stay mute? And remember, call as you call in. You can speak up or you can just choose to be on mute. If you do speak up, I do not censor any calls. If you want to give a fake name, a fake voice, please do so. If you want to call in, 646-668-2574. Or if you just want to listen, by all means, please listen. You can tune in at any time on our website, d-ourhournetwork.com, or blogtalkradio.com backslash the hour show. Let me know. Do you want to be heard? Because if so, I will definitely put you on. 678, do you want to be heard? I, I had just uh, listened to certain things that you were saying in reference to Kobe's parents, did you say? Yeah. Now, uh, that was that public knowledge that, that this is the first time I'm, I'm, I'm hearing this? No, apparently it's not public. I just found out about today, honestly. I found out about it today. And and I started doing my quick research about it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, that is really sad. Like, his mom at one point was selling his trophies in high school stuff for money, you know. And it's like his parents, they they had a whole disconnect. They probably, I think they recently started kind of trying to connect before his passing. But, yeah, they, like, he, I, when he first got married, it's saying that he, when he first got married, he bought his parents a house, and he bought his wife's parents a house. He bought a house that him and his wife were staying at, but then his mom wanted a bigger house. You know what I'm saying? His mom wanted a bigger. He was, and he was like, you know, I just bought you a house. I mean, I just paid off all this, and it seemed, it's about more money. What can you do for me? And I, that just sickens me. Like, but with all that, that love you should, unconditional love you should receive from your parents, you didn't get that, but yet he didn't portray himself as a, a vindictive, evil type of, like, I'm out to hurt everybody that crosses my path. Like, he didn't use the disappointment I feel like his parents showed him. His father was in the NBA as well at one point, right? So why in the hell would you, like, not, I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get why you would let money and fame dictate your relationship with your child. No matter how old they get, that's still your child. So he um You get what I'm saying? Well now one question. So 
you're saying that his parents was jealous of the relationship that he had with others when it came to the his 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 money that they felt that they had more rights to it or basically that that he should do more for them uh, yeah that, yes that's exactly what it looks like and and you're saying so he got so they got jealous or or or, did, or greedy or, or what what was it that you're saying that that it happened I don't know if it's jealousy or greed, but if you get to a point where you're selling your son's high school trophies or whatever because he's not buying you the house that you, like, he already bought you a house, so you want a bigger house? Like, I I don't understand that. You know, like, I don't understand. I don't, you know, I I would love to get his parents on the show to understand this mentality, um, why you're just not happy for your son and, and like even like even as a as a retired couple, like what can you do with a huge mansion home and all you got is three kids? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like it, it doesn't make any sense to me. But you know, I don't get it. You know, um your son and as a father, you see your son elevate to the to the platform that he elevated. And they weren't at his games. If you look, you know, I was talking to my mom earlier. She was like, you look, his parents were not at his games. Like, how could you not be at his games? How could you not be proud? I mean, it doesn't make sense. But this is what this was his reality. One of the things that I've seen, um, and what you're saying that, that's true. What happens is with a lot of the parents of famous people who attain wealth, they want to share in the wealth because they feel, well, you know, I birthed you, you know, I helped to raise you, so you owe me. And especially mm-hmm. with with, with uh, the instances if the parents did support them in some way. And, and especially if the child gave them hell when they were growing up, then they feel like you know you owe me. It's like well now you've arrived. You 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 need to give me up. You know, I I need to be here sharing sharing in what you have. Some of it is is, is envy. You know, some of it is is, is envy. The parents they they feel that they could be equal partners in. Their, their child's success. I mean, it, it's ha- it's happened more than once. I mean, look what happened to um, uh, Brooke Shields. You know, she had a problem with with her mother and her parents, especially her mom was really bad. You know, they 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 took over her money for for quite a while, till she had to separate from them. Um, and Macaulay Culkin, same thing. I mean, he took his parents to 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 court because the the, the way they wanted to utilize his wealth for themselves. Too many people. It's like when you you be your friends with someone, and then all of a sudden somebody gets a windfall, or when people 
they're playing the lottery together. I've heard this so many times. And then all of a sudden somebody hits and it's like, well, it's my ticket. People allow wealth, especially instant riches, you know, when when they just come in, in 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 such a, such a quick fashion to cause them not to be themselves. It, <laughs> greed is is a, is a, is is quite a compulsion uh, a compelling force when it comes to how you can not be yourself anymore when you when you you know it's like wow you got all this and then they and then they, they the jealousy that overcomes them that that's the other side of the coin too it it's 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 a it's a force you know they always say that you know you could figure out a person to, who they really are once there's money involved um which is unfortunate and i feel like you know yes as as parents you know as a parent and say one of my kids or whatever, and even I, I make it to a certain a platform where I'm able to get my mom a new house or pay off her mortgage and stuff like that because she sacrificed a lot for me. I would definitely do that, you know, um, and get her the car. Maybe she all the car that she always wanted. I would definitely do that. Uh, I don't. My mother wouldn't. You know, this to further demand demand. You know, and I, I think there's a level of if you are in a position to help your parents and family members without draining yourself and you want to do that, you should do it. You know, it shouldn't be an obligation, but if you want to do that, you should do that. I was reading a, a card my, um, my oldest son gave me for Christmas. At the end of it, he said, we will make it family fulfillment. Like, he's striving because he's known we struggled for such a long time financially. And he was like, I hate to see a struggle like this. I hate to see you struggle like this. I'm going to – he's put it himself. I'm going to put us in a situation that we don't have to do this. You don't have to struggle. And that he's made that his mission. And and I love him for that. Whether he does it or he doesn't, I still have my own mission as my own individual woman outside of being his mom. But I get his passion. I get his his his, and I so appreciate that. Um, that instant fame. It's sad, but what? But knowing this about Kobe and his parents, it just makes me look at him in a higher form of respect because, you know, of the Make-A-Wish, he's fulfilled, you know, over 200, whatever, Make-A-Wish kids' dreams, and he's done a lot, you know, and I'm not saying that he's got or anything, but he really got to a point he's just focused on family and he's focused on being a better version of himself, and he's, you know, just all about 
you know, his girls. I'm pretty sure he won the son at one point in his life, but, you know, he just, you guess sometimes you just got to love your space, love what you got, you know, appreciate what you got, love what you got, and um, and just rock with it, lean with it, rock with it, lean with it, you know, and he didn't let the animosity and the disconnection he got from his parents affect his growth. Like, he still pushed to be a better ball player. He pushed to be a better husband. He pushed to be a better man. He pushed to be a better, you know, just be better, despite that disconnection he had with his family, his family being the the, the people that brought him into this earth. And, and that's, you know, and we know, like, when especially I'm gonna say this, you know, with people it's it if you have that kind of disconnection with both your mother and your father, this I mean, I've dealt with guys that had disconnection with their biological fathers and they're they could be just hard to love. They're hard to get to know. They are hard they are guarded, they are mean, they'll put you through hell before they even trust you. So it's like you have a man that a black man who has a disconnect with both his mother and father, but yet is so loving and so welcoming, that is like, that's unbelievable to me. You know, and that's unbelievable. You know, to be around somebody that when you, if you have that kind of anger, but they're pushing you to be not angry, they're pushing you to love, they're pushing you to, and that seems like the person he was. Yeah. That just makes me love him even more, honestly. That makes me love him anymore. And they're pushing for to get his um his brand to be um to be the logo of the NBA. So I you know, I don't know. I just I just have another level of respect for this man and I'm just like in total awe. We got Freshly. Freshly, how are you doing? You want to chime in? We're talking about the Kobe thing. Could you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. How y'all doing today? Um, my bad. I'm over here just thinking I'm not talking or anything like that. I'm like, what's going on? But how oh, y'all no, doing? It's been a long time. I know y'all haven't heard my voice. Um. When it comes to the uh, Kobe situation, it's it's sad, you know. It was I thought it was all games and play when I had somebody sent me an ad and said that uh, he caught in an accident and everything. I'm like, nah, that's just fake. But I was at work next to you know I seen it on the news and I was like, wow, that's crazy, you know. Uh, never would have expected him at all. Uh, how I feel about the whole situation, um, I'm sad about it. I'm sad that his wife and his daughters have to go through not losing just one person, but losing two people. Um, so I'm very upset about that, and I've been praying for them as well, too. Um, when it comes to the whole how everyone, what's like, what's, I'm going to tell you what's bothering, what's bothering me now. Uh, what's bothering me is the how, yes, we all know that he's famous. We all we understand that everyone else is like everybody taking his 
his death to another level. Yes, it's him and his daughter, but y'all not understanding, like, y'all not talking about the other people. The news talked about there was, what, nine people on there, seven people, uh, nine people died, but the other seven people was, some was the family, and then we had the pilot as well, too. But they left it at that. They never, then all you hear, Kobe Ryan is Kobe Ryan, that, yeah, we understand that he's famous, but we all was made the same. We all will die the same. I feel like a them people could have been, you know, you know, told them, hey, I feel bad for them. Praise to them as well, too. Not one post yet. Not one post I've seen on Facebook, Instagram, none of that, talking about the people that also passed away, too. They not they didn't say anything about the people, uh, the family that was on there, how they left uh, one uh, family member behind that was young as well, too. And no one's reaching out to that person to make sure, like, dang, they lost them, too. But y'all, it's just more people just focus on Kobe. And I'm 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 neutral, you know. I I love Kobe. He he was a star in my eyes. He did everything he had supposed to do and everything. But I'm also equal as well too. If you're gonna um, go praise someone's death, make sure everyone and so no one also talked about the pilot. Pilot was doing it for 12 years. Been flying that uh, helicopter for 12 years, and he had a family as well too. But ain't no one say anything about the pilot as well. They just showed pictures and then kept on talking about Brian. So I'm I'm in a standstill when it comes to that. I do feel bad. I do pray. Uh, I feel bad for the family as well too. And I hope that you know they can continue today. How if he was and was not here, but I know it's just gonna be different. So I do you know feel bad for everything like that as well. And I hope the other family um, is you know taken care of and feel the same way. Did I say something? Yeah, I yeah, go ahead. yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I was uh, also kind of feeling strange how they did focus on Kobe as much as they did. But then the other side of the coin is he was an unknown to some people. I didn't really know Kobe to the extent to – that they put on the news and, and what he'd done. Actually, the side of Kobe that I really remembered was the arrogant side and the problems he had with Shaq and things of that nature. I didn't really know about his philanthropy and how he he, he devoted himself to some of these kids and, and, and created the institution that he did, the the Mamba or Mamba or something like that they called uh, on, on mm-hmm. television. Mm-hmm. And, and you see, the one thing you write about, and that is, they should have given some uh, notice to those others who died that to make them more significant than they did because they made them seem insignificant in comparison to him. But I think the other side of the coin, too, is they showed that the man had more character to him than his, his younger days because I remember the arrogance of him and the problems he had with his team when he first got when he got in there and him and Shaq was, was going at it for – for a while with things and, you know, like, and I was listening to some other stuff and he was talking about, you know, people called him an asshole on his teammates. They didn't like him. So he had to go through an evolution because, you know, but, he, but then he started out as a young man anyway. So, and then to see the transition yeah, to where he yeah. became. So I want to say, you, say? You, had a, you had a high school student. You got a high school. He got drafted from high school to this league. 
So, yeah, you're going to have a certain arrogance. You're going to have a certain, you know, a cockiness. And there's a, you know, that, I mean, you get, and then you have the cockiness, and then you got the, the million-dollar contract behind it. You know, you, you, you are, your ego is like, <gasps> you know what I'm saying? You're out there. And so he had and to go through. He had a growth pattern. I mean, he, he, he really yeah. grew. And that's, and that's what I was talking yeah. about. Because he started so young. And he didn't get groomed. You see, that's why they really don't want people to jump from high school into the pros because they they use college as a way to to groom you and to get you ready, you know, for for for, for interaction with people and and to get used to certain levels of you know uh, dealing with um, uh, large groups of people, you know, admiring public that kind of stuff. He went from you know zero to a hundred. You know, in, in 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 seconds, and it he blew up, and in his brain, you know, he is, he had this swollen head, and then it and it he created a really bad image. I mean, that's really the, the the image that I really thought about Kobe, you know, the most. I didn't really know about all these things that happened. I was glad to hear about it, and more that needs to actually be spoken on, so that you know we have so much wealth in the black community, and especially. With the entertainment community, we have so much wealth there, and the people are not doing enough, giving back enough to 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 those that are left behind, and and we need to be invested in ourselves, and not continually dependent on handouts from folks, and and I thought that was a great thing to hear with with Kobe, his contributions. But you're right, they they did they did need to um, talk some more about those those folks. Yeah, they need to talk more about the nine victims that was on the plane, not just him or him and his daughter. So that's what bothers me, too. And then it really bothers me to go on Facebook and then see all these people getting tattoos, a Kobe number or Kobe this, Kobe that. But then your granny just just passed away two months ago and never seen a picture of her or you never got her name tatted on you. So I don't understand where people's mindset is at. I don't know what type of fame or whatever they're trying to get out of it as well, too. But it bothers me all the way to like to the bottom of my stomach, and it's like, wow, your brother or your mother or your grandmother passed away, never heard of, never seen a picture of him, don't nothing about him. Kobe didn't know you, but you're posting and getting him headed all on you. But your family passed away, and you ain't gonna do none of that. It's crazy. That's the sadness, and and you know it goes back to something that Teddy had said earlier, in, in the way of Kobe's parents wanting his wealth. You know, and that envy, you you want you want to share so much in in this this person's glory that you know it, it, you wanted to be a part of them, and so this is the way you can make yourself feel a part of them to 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 tag to tag yourself with with a piece of them. Say, oh yeah, I'm. It's like I'm family. I mean, that's what I was listening to some people on TV saying. Yeah, I felt like family to him. You know, like he was a part of my family. You know, and and it it makes them feel important at the same time. You know, so that was that's really that that whole that whole deal. That, uh, and you know, when when you get people into this reality TV, that's why reality TV is so uh, um, looked at. It's, it's folks living through other people's lives and and wanting to be something outside of themselves, not satisfied with who they were, who they are. You know, wanting to be more, and that's it. You know, 
I I totally agree with what both of you guys are saying. Uh, you know, for my page personally, I I I pay tribute to all the victims that uh, had lost their lives. Uh, you know, in that horrible helicopter crash on my page, and I you know you know it's very sad. And Vanessa Colby's wife, she has requested that all donations be made to the other family. So if you want to give anything, she asks, don't give it to us. Give it to the other families. Shaq has put up um, uh, an event that all the proceeds will go to the other families. And and not to minimize, you know. Yeah, like they should. But not to minimize, it's just that Kobe was was well-known, you know, and but he was a family man, and he was a, he was he was a father, and you know to be in that realm where your kids are are in AAU or in any organized you know basketball, football, whatever kind of sports league, when you interact with parents, no matter what your status is, it's like all that goes away. You're just a parent supporting your kids or supporting or because you're there because you love it. And it has nothing to do with your status, what your job title is, because I've made the best best connections with parents when my sons were in those leagues. And, and I'm interacting with so many different people, such different hierarchy of, of you know, job statuses. But none of that matters because when we step in that field or in that hotel room for that for that tournament, we're all just parents, and we're all just supporting our kids, and we're going to do whatever it takes to support. So it's like all of that goes away, and we're all the same same level, no matter what our income is, job status is, our race is. We're all here to support. So that level of respect that you know you may you guys may feel that people are not giving to the other victims, but I guarantee you, Kobe had the utmost respect for everyone, especially within that team and the organization. He did not look at them as if they they were less than him because we're all parents. We all want our kids to be the best they can be. It's it's such a different realm to be in that space. You know, and I, I, I had the best connections when my, you know, my kids were in AAU and, and interacting with the parents and going on long tournaments with the parents and just connecting. And that was a beautiful time. Um, life is short. You know, life is short. That's all I got to say. Life is short. And ideally, everybody's going to handle their, you know, their, their, their brush with sorrow differently. And, um, I feel if you want people to talk more about the other victims, you start talking about them. Do your research. Start sharing it on your page. You know, social media is here. You know, share it. Educate us. Don't get mad at people for not doing what you think they should do. Do you start doing and being set the example? Like tonight I'm going to start up. There's there's a whole thing of girl dad, you know, the 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 defensive coach who passed away. She had three kids. One of her kids was a son. She was a she was a mother of a son. I'm about to start hashtag 
um, boy, boy mom, that's what I'm going to do. I got commercial display in the background. But that's what I'm going to start. She was a mother. She was a mother of a son. Actually, she's a mother of three kids. Let me get her name. Hold on. Let me, let me get my get right on. I do my research. But I do agree with you, uh, Lee, that, you know, all the victims that perished in that accident, their names and who they are need to be known. But I think it's our 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 job to make sure it is it is known. That's and then if you see something a disconnect, what we're not gonna do is bitch about it. We're gonna do the awesome belly. The A L T O B E L L I family. They passed away. They left the daughter behind. Um, I don't know if I mispronounced their names. I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't. But you know, yeah, this has been a, it's been a, you know, a, a definitely a hurt, welching, wrenching. That's the word, wrenching, um, week. But I like the fact that it's allowing it, making people to self-reflect. 50 Cent went on and on social media and said he would never, you know, beef with somebody out in public ever again. He's not going to do that. Um, people are making um, promises that they are striving to be better individuals and handle conflict a lot better. Because we're not promised tomorrow. So it's sad that it takes a loss of this magnitude to bring this kind of awareness. But, you know, whatever it takes, you know, I guess we have to take it. Well, I'll accept it. That's my two cents on that. Y'all, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about some of the schools, the D1 schools here in Illinois. Um, NIU, Southern Illinois University, NIU is Northern Illinois University, they have opted to not, um, will no longer use ACT or SAT scores for admissions. So these D1 schools, you do not have to submit an ACT or SAT score because they're no longer required to be accepted into this school. And I want to get your, you guys' two cents on that and how do you feel why these schools are taking this standpoint of omitting the ACT and SAT scores? Um, what do you think this means? Because I have my, my two I feel, cents. I feel like it's good because, first off, I feel like it's okay. I feel like uh, a person will have to uh, stress themselves out or struggle for a school that's going to be either nearby them that they don't have to go as far or they know that, okay, well, I know that I can get in that school, but I got to have a certain ACT, SCT, whatever we talk about, like that point to get in that school. Uh, I feel like it, that's okay. I wish that it was more of like, hey, let's give out for the people that stay in the state of Illinois for them to get to that school for free like other states do. Um, but if they're going to knock that off, I'll say, hey, 
like Tennessee. Tennessee giving school for free as long as you stay in Tennessee. Tennessee. So, but Illinois not gonna do that because you know we in a hole anyway. But that's another story. <laughs> so I agree. I like that they don't have to stress themselves because I'm a person that I ain't get the best, but I took the ACT about two three times and still didn't get what I wanted. But like I said, school's not for everyone. I am in school uh, to this day still, but to feel like instead of going to a uh, JUCO college or junior high college or whatever you want to call it, instead of just, and just just jumping straight to a four-year college to get it out, I say go ahead and do what you want to do, and you don't have to stress out on making this and studying for this and that. But also, I also find it uh, unfair, too, because uh, for the people that wanted to go to uh, these NIU, UIC, and stuff like that, um, they have programs for, like, some people in Chicago that you have to uh, – you had a certain income and stuff like that as well, too. I felt like it was unfair. If one income higher than the others, I feel like if they're going to get school for free or be on the same program, why can't I be on the same program? It's not my fault that my mother or my dad make more money than – that person, so I felt like it was. I don't like that situation, but then again, that's another story mm-hmm. to go into too. Well, I personally feel, and this is me, Miss Sandy. You know, I personally feel that enrollment is down across the board with these universities, so they're making it, you know, more easier for more people, for more students to be accepted and come into the. But I feel like this generation, I say this generation, that's I feel like my youngest son, who's 18, his generation, they're not, like, college is not the thing for them. You know, college, you assume a lot of debt, especially if you don't have, a, you know, if you don't have a scholarship. And, and I was talking to my youngest, you know, this morning about that, and he was like, he feels like college is more so a space where people kind of get to know each other, you know, know themselves, the transition kind of state, but, you know, and you got to go through these extra hoops before you even get into your major, and so you're assuming all this debt, and if you don't make, you know, and then you don't complete it, then you, now you, you, you're in a lot of debt, and um, a lot of, I think a lot of his generation, they're looking at other avenues to, to get in their career without the school, just like, you know, the NCAA, there's going to be a lot of changes in that aspect. First, um, a lot of students felt like in order for me to go pro, I had to go to college, I had to do this, I had to do that. Now things are changing. Like, you know, some kids, I don't want to go to college. You know, that's not my thing. If I go to college, it's only to be play ball. I like to play ball. So that's the only reason why I would go in order to do that, but if I have another avenue to still get what I want and not go to college, you know, a lot of other companies, Google, Apple, they're not requiring people to have four-year degrees. You know, you can get certified in a certain area or get an internship in a certain area, master that area, and you can get the full benefit, salary, pension, whatever that is, and then work without assuming all that unnecessary debt. Um, so but can I just I, like can I that jump? there's more options. Yeah. I'm sorry. To, uh, can I piggyback off you really quick as well, too? Um, mm-hmm. 
I was uh, I had a conversation with uh, it was me and my boy, and then he had posted something on one of his social media. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to school. My friend is not going to school, but then again, he uh, it was a post that saying like, hey, um, uh, it's what was it more? Uh, when school is another say uh, another part of saying, hey, you're in debt. Why? And then people were saying, going back and forth talking about no school is not a waste of time. But really, if you really think about it, I feel like it's more of a scam because these schools push you to, like I said, I don't think, like it was a quote that he said, it was like a post that he said, it was like, I don't know who needs to hear this, a no cap, but growing, like getting, you ain't got to be, you don't have to go to school to be a million dollars like to get million dollars and stuff like that. So people feel like Fact. it's offended because they can't as like, okay, well, you can make more money if I get this degree. But really, if you think about it, because to refresh my memory, when I first signed up for college and they was like, what do you want to do? I was like, oh, I know what I want to become, but like really I don't know what I want to do for real, for real. What they do is they continue to say, okay, well, you can do this, do this, do this, do this, and then once you do that, you're in college, you're in college, you're doing this, you're in college the whole time, you go to a four-year university, you're just spending money, you're spending money, you're spending money, and then you get that, you're spending all that money for a paper to say, hey, I got a degree, and say, example, what if I get a degree in communication? Okay, now I'm looking for a job for communication, but now that job's saying, okay, yeah, you got communication, but you don't have job history. You don't have any job saying, hey, because I so focused on going to school but wasn't going, wasn't focused on working to be in that field. So, really, I feel like it is 50-50, but at the end of the day, you're still going to lose when it comes to school, depending on if you do it the smart way or not. But you're still going to spend money to co- get a piece of paper saying I got a degree, and that degree won't even mean nothing. Yeah. That's why I stand. Like, I feel like the, 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 you're paying for a piece of paper. And then you you not even you really not a hundred percent you're gonna get the job that you you going to school for. Like I'm going to school for uh, to be a physical therapist. Mhm. And most people that go for the degrees uh, for a degree doesn't end up in the same field anyway. Very true. If you do your research, that is that is so true. If you go find like people going to school for nursing. Nine out of ten, they might they might not even be in nursing field or in a doctor field at all, because they end up not liking it. Now you wasted all that money and got to pay that money back. So I don't I don't yes, I don't it don't make sense. But school is not for everyone. People think it is, but at the end of the day, people think that in our now generation and in your son's generation and stuff like that. I'm say I'm pretty much in the same generation, but I am a little bit older, and I kind of have like more of like a, a see a sight of you know what what's really going on. But people now like in this this generation, they so focus on okay, well they see that G Herbo or Nicki Minaj doing this and doing that, and they never went to school and stuff like that, and they think that they can become rappers. Everybody they think everybody anybody can become a rapper, and they think that that's a great hit.
Yeah. So I, my question yeah. is, and can't nobody understand, no one can, uh, could, you, could anybody answer this question? Why is there the most wealthiest people in the world and those people don't have the uh, degree to their name at all? Could you answer that question? So if you look at that, why is you, why you got to go to school? Because you're trying to become like that. But really, if you really do research, none of them people have a degree to their name at all. And if it is, it might be an associate. It's not a, 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 a bachelor's or anything like that. It's a real quick, hey, you went to a, a two-year, you got your associate's by being, oh, I don't need nothing else. They have nothing else to their name. I have a theory. I have a, I, I have a theory. I'm going to answer that, and I'm going to give some it's just music, but I miss Sandy. Especially after the great, he asked a great question. You know, why does it seem like a lot of millionaires and billionaires they don't have a degree? And my theory is that they had a vision, they had a dream, they had a passion, and they were so steadfast on their vision. But you can't say that. Their dream. No, I'm saying you asking me like I think about Kanye, I think about I don't even see jobs. I think about a lot of the, like a millionaires that they had a passion, they had a vision that they wanted something in particular, and they focused on that no matter what people would say. Like I think Kanye made a song called yeah, College Dropout. You know, he had a vision. Like you think I'm crazy, but you could think I'm crazy. This is what I see. This is what I want for myself. So sometimes you have to mute everybody else and just focus but on you what it is, whatever it is that you want. <sighs> Ask that question again. Answer that question. Would you allow that? If your son came to you saying, you know what, I'm not going to high school no more. I'm done with school. This is my, today was my last day. I'm not going to no college. Don't talk to me no college because I got a dream. I'm about to, uh, I'm like, he wants to be his, he want to be a businessman. He wants to sell shoes. He wants to do this, make music as well. But he comes to you. He comes to that door right now when he got off work. Could he? Would you? What would you say to him if he said, "I got a dream okay, and this so is gonna work"? You are speaking to my life. You are speaking to my life. This is this is this has actually happened. Um, you know, when my son told me he did not want to go to college, you know, that hit me like in a gut. I'm like, when you don't want to go to college, and you know, I I had a hard time put my head around that. You know, and I had to step back and look at, you know, my son from the time he was, like, three years old. He's always been steadfast on what he wanted to do. Like, I'm a controlling mother, so when he's steadfast at, you know, three years old, I'm laying your clothes out, you need to put this on, and I'm checking on you, why are you not, why don't you, why are you not dressed? He looking at me, this is not my style. This is not my style. I don't like this. I don't like this style. This is not my style. You know, he let me know, like, I'm not getting this. I'm not wearing this. I'm like, who the fuck is you? Then they can put the shit on so we can get moving. Um, He's always been, like, knowing what he wants. Um, Even when he was, um, um, we had a dog before she was stolen. He he would leave the toys on the floor, and Gabby would chew on them because she was teething. I'm like, and these toys are like 20 bucks a pop. I'm like, I'm not buying no more toys because you keep leaving it on the floor. I'm taking the toys away from you. So he started finding pieces of paper, start drawing action figures on the paper. Very good action. And then he started playing papers. 
he battling he they his own character, his own storyline. He's just battling. I'm like, this kid could draw. This kid has ten, like no matter what I told him he couldn't do, he found a way, especially if he wanted to do it, he found a way to do it and he was satisfied. I didn't have to buy him another toy because he likes his papers. He will make a way. So if my son, even though it will piss me off, but he has to finish high school. I get it. He does not want to go to college. And you know what? He's right here to speak for himself. Um, he, he has to finish high school. That is a must. You know, but when he made his decision not to do college, Tariq, you're, you're right here. I can't speak for you. But I want you to explain to our audience your, your decision of not wanting to go to college. And if, like, what Lee was just saying, Freshly was just saying, what is your plan? You know, this is a new generation. State radio listeners, this is my this is my son. He's 18 years old. This is Tyreek. And my steadfast, headstrong, young man, child of mine. But um, my plan is, well, it kind of goes back to the generations itself, really, because growing up and seeing how, like, my grandparents was was brought up, or my mom or my dad was brought up, I realized I had to sit back and think, like, they made moves short-term to, to, to stay afloat, but as far as, like, for the long-term goals, Ain't nobody really nobody really thought about that. People was always fiending for the the money, but then, hey, you working for this one job and you, yeah, the money is good, but what happens when you stop working? Then that money no longer coming in. So you 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 working for crumbs where people that you working for is getting loaves of bread and making millions off your efforts, and you over here working for crumbs. That ain't living. That's not what I thought was living was at all. Uh, and like my mom said, I always been headstrong. I don't like. I like to do my own thing and with my own freedom. Uh, so I had to go through my own type of situation. My mom likes to bring up the the bird box situation, where she she always tell us. To, uh, keep your blindfolds on, or, you know, trying to give us cheat codes. But then I'm the type of thinker when it comes to like, all right, yeah, you giving these cheat codes from your perspective, the thing that you came from and learned for you out of your life. But now, if I look how you living now, that's not how I picture myself living. So therefore, you don't really have the answers to the questions that I want answered. So in order for me to answer those questions, I have to take off my blindfold and see the world for myself and make plans and make moves off how I feel with my emotions and see things and learn things differently than what you see through your lens. So doing all that and knowing that basketball wasn't kind of working in my favor towards the end, even though I was giving it my all, uh, I got a question. At first, I wanted. Uh huh. My bad to interrupt, but I got a question. So, 
you when you said that you would take off more of the bird box, let's go to the bird box really quick. When you said that you want to take off, you have you have to take off your own blindfold instead of letting her, your mother, or whoever guide you or tell you what to do. You want to do it yourself. So when you're ready to take off your blindfold, you will, you'll be ready to take off your blindfold. Now, the household that I was raised in, it's either if I was living, like, example, if I was living in my mother's house, my mother either, you either working or you either going to school. Or you could either be doing both of them, but you got to be doing something. Now, what if you took off your blindfold, not going to school and not working, but you sitting in the house trying to focus on a master plan, would that make you, do you think that you will be able to focus the way you really want to focus? Because it's either you get, you either work or you don't work or you uh, go to school or you don't go to school. And if you're not doing none of them, you got to find another place to stay. That's how I was kind of like brought up. And it was kind of I mean, like, okay, yeah, I understand. I, like it, I'm listening. I understand where you're coming from because that's how my grandmother is. I think to this to this time, she, you know, after a while of just button heads with her, she's finally come around to understand it. But it's just like at that point, in my like, I gotta stay strong for what I believe in. But what he's saying, I think we should miss the point. What he's saying is that, say you, if you say you say you came in the house and that you would never do this. Hey mom, I'm not going to high school anymore. I'm going to drop out of high school. I'm going to go in my room and think about my master plan. I don't need a job because I don't want a job because I don't need a job because my job is not to do work a nine-to-five because I have bigger plans. So while you go out and work and maintain and pay all the bills, put food in the account and do this and pay for everything, I'm going to be in my room putting my dream together. I'm in my world. I got my blindfold on or off or whatever. Because I'm trying to manifest my zone while, like, do you see that, do you not see this connect with that? I see it. But it's like, at the same time, if if I come in here and I say that, and then. You would never say that. I said, what well, if? We're not, I'm not okay. bad. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay so. I know. Y'all got to forgive me. <laughs> Okay, so what do this is this is a conversation close to my heart. I'm sorry. Are you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Okay, so what? Okay, so I want to. I have a question. So what's different that Kanye West did to make him what he is now? So compared to okay, did he really? Did he close his eyes? Did he have a parent like our parent, like you, like my mother? Like, did he did he have one of those parents? Like, okay, well, you can't be in my house if you're not doing nothing. Okay, well, did Kanye West did Kanye West say, okay, well, I'm gonna leave and find somewhere else so I can focus, or I'm gonna just go homeless, or did his mother or his parents understand? Okay, my son got a dream. I'm gonna fulfill his dreams until it really happens. Was it like that, or was it like, no, you need to be working, going to school, and you can focus on your dream? But how you gonna do that if you doing that? How you gonna be at a nine to five and barely when you get off that nine to five, you tired to even focus on your dream or you gotta focus on doing other stuff. So what was what's different that he did that we not knowing? So when people that's what I, I want that's what I want Kanye West. So he's singing these songs, but he really ain't telling us what did he really 
did he really drop out of uh, did he drop out of college? Yeah, he did drop out of college. But was he did he did he not go to did he not have a work? Did he have not have a job? None of that. Did he go to church? What did he do different that the next person can try or to do different to have a dream just like his dream so he can you know fulfill your dream? You see where I'm coming from? You know what I I did my research my research about Kanye. And I, I, what I, like his mother, you know, she had a very successful job. And I felt like she really gave a lot to him. You know, even being a single parent, she gave a lot to him. That anything he probably really wanted, she would make it happen. Even when she dated okay. her ex-husband or ex-fiance, he would say that she would put Kanye first before anything. You know, so... Kanye was probably the demise of their relationship because how she elevated him more so and maybe foiled him a lot. You know what I'm saying? And made okay, him what more about priority. No, you're right. I get it. You know, you know, like if if Tyreek had Oprah as a mother, he probably could be in his room manifesting his dreams all day long. But he, Oprah is not his mom. Absolutely. So he that is you know what I'm saying? So. He 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 has to, you know, finish high school. He has to get some help with when he, when he has a job uh, and manifest his dreams in the in between time. And then okay, and how would you allow him to have that in between time? How's that work out? What was that question? Yes. So now, how would you give him a in between time? Now this is what I do. A lot of things that my mom just said, that's what she just be saying. I, what I do, like I said, since I'm 18, I'm able to plan out my own thing the way that I want to and still be in a position to help my mom, my mom out. So the in-between time, I make sure I make my in-between time a lot more longer because it's, it's, it's a process. It's because not only that I am, a music artist, I I have a brand that I'm trying to create, and though and that has to take a lot of my time out of everything else. So in between time between the actual job that's giving me little pain is 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 whatever until what's coming up in the big time. Like I call this whole month was crunch time for me, cause through throughout this whole entire January process. I was able to, you know, talk to other artists, talk to other producers, and and talk to um, people across the country for workshops for so I can start selling these clothes and things like that. Because I think a lot of a lot of times our parents they kind of they 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 feed they they really want to the short term goals that I can't put that into my equation can't put that into my conclusion because. That's not how my mindset works. Yes, they probably scream, "Oh, you need to go to college," or indirectly tell me to go to college. But it was like, if I, if you actually sit down, and if I'm like, "Oh, let me think about this college route," okay, if I go out to college, I'm not playing a sport. So therefore, I already, I already said before that if I'm not playing a sport in college, I know I'm not going to be as committed. So why would I spend a whole bunch of money on college if I know I'm not going to be committed? I then I end up leaving. Now I got college that has hurt my credit. No, I'm not going to do that. And so the short-term goals, they get mad because, okay, you're not helping out with the short-term goals. 
the short-term goals is not going to lead us anywhere. If we solve them, they're going to come right back. But if you focus on a long-term goal, then all that short-term goal is going to be completely erased when you reach that long-term goal. So I had to adjust my focus from just always working, 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 because every time I found out I was working so much, I lost, like you said, you run out of energy to the point you don't even want to work on the in-between goals, and then you get caught in this depression bubble. You're like, oh, nothing's working for me and things like that. So I had to move that to the side and really focus on my passion and things like that because I'm reading a lot of books. A lot of people that get successful, they don't work for the money. They work for the experience, and they work for all of that. The money comes later. And so all this is just an experience, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it right now because everything's moving in the right direction. Everything is moving how I want it to move, and everything is within my control. And I feel like that is a good a good learning experience. Uh, I know my family is very money-driven. I'm not as money-driven. I'm more of a lifestyle person. I want to live for the lifestyle. I, the money is just the added bonus to everything to me. So having that mindset, I kind of calm down a lot. Stop trying to, like, prove to my family that my way is right instead of just working on myself every single day and keep doing it because at the end of the day, everything's going to pay off. Uh, So, I'm yeah, they always in my ear talking about, oh, do this, do this, do this. And I listen because, yeah, they my, they're my peers and I'm supposed to listen to them. They're my family. They want the best for me. But at the end of the day, but, but at the end of the day, it's it's my move, it's it's my game, it's my chess game. So, just having to just knowing that I'm the one that controls my own destiny and my own and my own way, and I just keep my faith. I I'd be cool. Okay, so this has been a candid conversation, and I'm so like I'm on ed, on edge because this conversation is so, you know, at home for me. And this is me, Miss Sandy. That was my son, my youngest son, Tyreek. Um, and I know he's focused on his dream, yet he still has his responsibilities, which he will abide to while he's under this roof. That roof is finished high school. That rule is uh, he'll pay $40 a week. That rule is keep up his grades and do his chores around the house and also buy whatever groceries he feels he needs to eat. Because he eats a lot, more than me. But that's what he'll do, and that's what he's committed to doing. So in the meantime, I do respect your goals, and I'm talking to my son, Tyree. I do respect your goals and your vision and whatever you need, and I will support you the best way I can. But in the meantime, you still have shit you need to do. It's like, what? you said there's a lot. I understand everything, but like, like I feel like, as far as us really trying to manifest our goals, first you got to speak it. And when I say speak it, at one time I used to be like, oh, I work for this company. I work for this company. I don't say that no more. I don't say I work for Macy's, as because that's not my goal. My goal is to become my own boss. So when people, a lot of people ask me what I work at, I work for myself. Because I represent myself. I don't represent Macy's. I don't represent Chipotle. I don't represent them. Don't know. Because that's not my end goal. My end goal is what I want it to be. So, therefore, I say, when you come to me, 
I don't work for them. I work for myself. They, that just little money to to feed the needs. But as far as my my needs, now nah, I work for myself. And then telling myself that and waking up, I found myself getting being more confident. I found myself being more comfortable in my own skin. I found myself being more confident in talking to other adults. Um, actually being more driven to my goals than than an average person would. Where I go to school, do my work, and then outside of school, I'm going straight to the studio or I'm going straight on my phone, calling my dad to tell him to send me the numbers so I can call them, waiting on the phone for two hours before I can even talk to him because I'm on hold just to sell out my dream and things like that. And making sure I'm all up in everybody's ears of other talented people, talented people to to come join the, come join what I'm trying to do and things like that and really trying to build everything. And it's it's a it's a working process. Um, it'd be stressful sometimes because I don't know everything, but at the same time it'd be it'd be fun because when I don't know anything, that's a great time to ask other people and learn. And you can learn in so many ways. Just by just by you know crossing the street, somebody can easily just stop you. Like I had a a, a whole type military dude stop me in the middle of the hallway asking what I was doing. Next thing you know, we had a whole two-hour conversation he about. Coach you. But it from that it turned into a whole two-hour conversation to business, and it was saying like how oh, he he, like he actually enjoyed the conversation. It first it came from just being in the military to the point he was like, yo, I really like your dreams. I think you should do this and this and this. Or here, I got some tips for you. And I literally took out my notebook and started writing everything down and just like. When you put yourself in that type of mindset, like you won't believe, like, like what God would put in your life, whether it's just a split second or anything. And I just take everything for granted. I don't take everything for granted. I just keep it all in, soak it all in, and try to move on with it. This is State Radio. That was my son, Tyreek. We've got Freshly, our 678 caller, dropped off. Um, firstly, do you have any uh, anything to say regarding everything that um, just transpired? No, I uh, I see where he his his mind is at, his head is at, and everything, and I love it. That's like my little brother and everything. So I'm here for him as well um, to help him, you know, meet some dreams, meet meet what he wants to meet, um, and stuff like that. His goals and everything. So I'm here with him on that. Uh, when it comes to Pretty much, he pretty much answered my question right there, like, because I was trying to figure out, okay, well, how you doing it? What what you doing that other people ain't doing and stuff like that? Because everybody got a diff something that they're doing. They're doing something different than the next person. So if he know how to compromise and work and go to school and have time um, to figure out his plan, I love it because I'm going to be honest. I go to school and work full time. And I can barely tell you if uh, do I pick up milk or do I not pick up milk? I forgot. Do I need cereal? Do I not need cereal? So for him to sit down and like you know have take time because I can't even take time to write a list and make appointments <laughs> and stuff. So his mind, his mind and head is where it is and is right. So just continue to go, and we're gonna be here for you. 
mess us up, you know. And, and as a parent, and um, those of you guys that you have, you know, parents of multiple kids, um, young adults, or even though they may be still kids, and, you know, each child is going to have a different level of strengths and weaknesses and what motivates them, what demotivates them. And as a parent, we have to adjust to meet each each motivating factor in that child. And sometimes it can be hard. Um and it sometimes it puts you out of your comfort level, but you know I, God does not make mistakes, and everything happens for a reason. I believe, and I, I feel like being a mother to Tyreek has helped me really kind of release that control because I can't control everything, and I have to let let be in the moment, let shit just go, <laughs> and and then trust God, you know, and just sit back and and just support. But also, you know, he understands his rules and his 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 job while he's in his household. What he has to do, you understand that? Mm-hmm. I didn't hear you. Yeah. Okay. So he understands that. So as long as we got that that understanding, you know, um, it's all good. You know, twenty twenty vision, twenty twenty vision. You know, I, I I so appreciate it. I've learned a lot. I've you think I've calmed down a lot. I'm getting there. I'm calming down. I'm trying, you know. Lean with it. Rock with it. Anyway, this is Say It Radio. Give us some music. Let me see. You good, Niggas been counting me out, I'm counting my bullets, I'm loading my clips, I'm writing down names, I'm making a list, I'm checking it twice and I'm getting them hit, the real ones been dying, the fake ones is lit, the game is off balance, I'm back on my shit, the Bentley is dirty, my sneakers is dirty, but that's how I like it, you all on my dick, I'm all in my bag, it's hard as it get, I do not throw powder, I might take a sip, I might hit the puff, but I'm liable to trip, I ain't popping no pill, but you do as you wish, I roll with some fiends, I love them to death, I got a few mil, but not all of them rich, what good is the bread if my niggas is dope, what good is first class if my niggas can't that's my next mission, that's why I can't quit Just like LeBron, get my niggas more chips Just put the rolly right back on my wrist This watch came from Drizzy, he gave me a gift Back when the rap game was praying like this To act like two legends cannot coexist But I never beef with a nigga for nothing If I smoke a rapper, it's gon' be legit It won't be for clout, it won't be for fame It won't be cause my shit ain't selling the same It won't be to sell you my latest little sneakers It won't be cause some niggas slid in my lane Everything grows, the depth and the change I love you little niggas, I'm glad that you came I hope that you scrape every dollar you came I hope you no money won't erase the pain To the OGs, I'm thanking you now I was watching you when you was paving the ground I copied your cadence, I mirrored your style I studied the grace, I'm the greatest right now Fuck if you feel me, you ain't got a choice I ain't do no promo, still made all that noise This shit gon' be different, I set my intentions I promise to slap all that hate out your voice Niggas been counting me out, I'm counting my bullets, I'm loading my clips, I'm writing their names, I'm making a list, I'm checking it twice and I'm getting them hit. The real ones been dying, the fake ones is lit, the game is off balance, I'm back on my shit. The Bentley is dirty, my sneakers is dirty, but that's how I like it, you all on my dick. I just poured something in my cup. I've been wanting something I can feel. Promise I am never letting up. Money in your palm will make you rich Put it is on their neck, I got them stuck I'ma give them something they can feel If it ain't about to swat, don't give a fuck Pistol in your hand, don't make you rich Dead in the middle of two generations 
generations. I'm little bro and big bro all at once. Just left the lab with young 21 Savage. I'm about to go on me, jigger for lunch. Had a long talk with the young nigga Kodak. Reminded me of young niggas from Ville. Straight out the project, no faking, just honest. I wish that he had more guidance for real. Too many niggas in cycle of jail. Spending their birthdays inside of a cell. We coming from a long bloodline of trauma. We raised by our mamas, Lord, we got a hill. We hurting our sisters, the babies as well. We killing our brothers, they poison the well. Destroy the self-image, we set up the fail. I'ma make sure that the real gon' prevail, nigga. I just poured something in my cup. I've been wanting something I can feel. Promise I am never letting up. Money in your phone will make you real. Put it on a neck, I got him stuck. I'ma give him something they can feel. If it ain't about to swat him, give a fuck. Pistol in your hand will make you real. Cause I'm 
if I can trust someone but me over folks who think they got and try to judge me over men I love who thinks we gotta compete over friends I know I love who out to deceive over the cop with nothing else to do but fuck with me the prejudice sales lady thinking I'm a thief all the niggas who come at you disrespectfully all the negative forces off to get me cause I'm To the left, 
Got a lot of blood and it's cold They keep trying to get me for my soul Thankful for the women that I know Can't go 50-50 with no hope Bryant, uh, Kobe's wife, his, her, his widow, 
she requested that all the proceeds and any donations go to the other families and not to Kobe. And um, and I, you know, and I think Jackie's doing that. And you know, I've learned a lot more about Kobe. Um, I had a caller call in earlier. You know, Kobe had an arrogance. You know, when he first came into the league, rightfully so, coming from high school, get thrown a lot of money. You know, it is it's hard to understand how to handle that. So I can imagine his ego has he probably was an asshole. He probably was a a a real big asshole, you know, and then hell we got I know guys that didn't have that level of money, they still were assholes, you know, in in, in their younger years and but, you know, life has a way of humbling many of us and letting us, you know, check ourselves and realize fuck we're human. And we made mistakes, and rightfully so. That's part of growth. But what did you learn? You know, you go through shit, but did you grow through it? So I'm all for, you know, people making mistakes and being an asshole at one point in their lives, being selfish at one point in their lives. But what did you learn from that space that you're in? How did you grow through it? And, you know, the disconnection that Kobe and his family had, they didn't seem to bridge that before his death, but he strives to become a better person, you know, and not use the anger that he held with them. He's just really trying to be a better person. That it's hard. It's hard. And some people are not able to do it. You know, that's the hardest thing is to look at yourself and in the mirror and see all your fucked up fallouts staring at you, or somebody magnify it. And it's hard for me to take it. And, you know, Lee and. Freshly and what Miss um, TB, who's not on right now, they gave me some hardship about myself, about my controlling aspect. Uh, I'm constantly looking at myself. I had, I think I had a friend of mine told me that today. He, he says I'm rude. You know, I, I have a way of speaking about certain things and becoming across very rude. You know, mind you, I think I got a text from him this week and told me he hate me. But you know he was playing. I, I, I don't know. I can't. You can't pee, appease everybody. At some point, you just got to be yourself. Otherwise, you walk around eggshells. And I'm not walking around eggshells for nobody. But you know, we gotta grow. On your note, you want to put the mirror up for you freshly. Do you want? Do you have any things you want to look at yourself and maybe want to improve about yourself? Uh, <laughs> well, you sound like, okay, so let me tell you a little story, and it's going to relay back to what we're talking about now. Um, I do have things I need to work on. Um, this goes back to uh, I went to court for a situation that I did, um, and then the court told me if I plead guilty, uh, I can do, I have, I can pay $750 and be on court supervision for a whole year and um, go to anger management classes. Um, I started laughing once they told me I need anger management classes. Um, so I told them, no, I'm not pleading not guilty because I'm, it's, I, you know, I'm not pleading guilty because I'm not guilty. So um, long story short, what I need to work on is more of my mouth because I have a, I'm quick with my mouth, uh, so, you know, disrespect or say what I have to say. And I'm open-minded, and a lot of people don't like open-minded. 
and then also I need to uh, slow down on uh, getting uh, heated pretty fast. I have a problem with being heated pretty fast as well, too. So maybe that's why I need to take angry classes. But I'm going to talk to someone within this year. I'm not going to tell you exactly what day or what, what month, but I'm talking to – I'm going to go talk to somebody soon. So that's the only thing I need to change. That's, uh, change. that's good that you even, like um, – Say a radio like especially he's twenty three and has this like self reflection about himself. So I commend you. That's that's awesome that you can look at yourself and realize you need to make these adjustments uh, with your within yourself. And keep in mind, change does not happen overnight. You know, it's like people expect you because you made reference. This is what I'm working on. That they expect you to instantly poof be that new person the next the next minute and that's not realistic so it's as long as you have a conscious you're 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 aware of it and you're going to make you know strides and 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 movements to improve those elements i think that's great i think that's absolutely positive we got um some callers on online and again this is state radio i'm miss sandy we got freshly we do not censor any calls because we feel that you have to be here authentic, your true self. In order to get real solutions, we have to have real conversations. If you want to, you know, do a fake voice, give a fake name, by all means do that. But bring your real responses, your real opinions. Do not hold back. You can curse um, if you feel that's in your space, in your energy flow. Let just say it. Just say it. Say radio six four six 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 eight two five seven four. If you just want to listen, by all means, please, you can listen um, at v-hournetwork.com or go to blogtalkradio.com backslash the hour show. We have area code 443 on and area code 678. 443, I'm talking to you right now. Did you want to say anything to add to this conversation? Okay, I'm going to guess not. I'm going to put you on mute. 678, do you want anything to, do you want to add into the conversation? Okay, I'm going to guess. Well, I just joined in and, hello, hello? Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. uh, Okay, I just, yeah, I just, I just uh, chimed in. I, I missed the beginning of your broadcast, and so. I also uh, reached out to someone else to to let him uh, listen to the broadcast too. That's the four four three number, who oh, is okay. associated with mine. Because I'm, okay. I'm just yeah, I'm just getting into uh, uh, your show and and being a uh, a part of of uh, the D, this uh, D hour situation so um, yeah. but I didn't hear right. what was said, yeah, this is- said earlier so what, what's the topic what were you what were you talking about well you were on earlier I think um because we we talked about the Kobe Bryant so I was doing a recap I was right. you know, did a recap and then um we did bring up uh the recap for those of you guys just tuning in and we talked about the Kobe Bryant and what a tragic loss you know um that happened Kobe Bryant and his daughter lost his life as well as you know other family 
um, members, not within his family, but outside the the defensive coach, um, another family, mother, father, two daughters. You know, it's just, it's really sad all the way. I think it's nine people altogether, including the pilot. Uh, it's a very sad, tragic um, story, ending to a story. And uh, we talked about how P- Kobe had a disconnect with his biological parents. Um, and it didn't seem they really connected or reconciled. I think money became part. I think you mentioned in the first hour where Kobe had an ego. You know, what do you do? You give a high school, a person that came out of high school, give them all this money, all this freedom. You know, yeah, they're going to have a, you know, like big assholes maybe, you know, a little cocky and whatever that looks like. And he had to go through his journey to humble himself, to um, reflect and look at himself and decide whether he, what he wants to be. Is he going to be an angry individual or is he going to strive to be a better person? And it looks like from the stories I've that he was really striving to be a better version of himself, um, no matter how difficult that may be. Because we all know we can jap off, snap off, and be angry at people. But when you're striving not to do that, at his age, I think he, you know, I, I think he did fairly, you know, a good job. And we also um, brought in, I brought in my son Tyreek, and because we talked about NIU, which is Northern Illinois University, and also Southern Illinois University. They're both D1 um, universities that opted to eliminate the ACT and SAT scores from their admissions criteria and, you know, what that looks like and why that happened. Uh, my my synopsis is I think that enrollment is down because a lot of this generation, they, they don't feel they need to go to college in order to pursue their dreams. And my son happened to be one uh, of a um, a young man that feels like he does not need college to pursue his dream. And also Apple, if you guys go Google Apple, Google the company itself, they no longer require, you know, people, their employees to have four-year degrees. A lot of people, a lot of these companies just want certifications. They just want the experience, want to train you in a certain area in their business, and you can go for it. Why go to a school to assume all this debt? to be in a field that you may not even be in, but you're going to graduate owing a lot of money, and you're not making any money to even pay remotely of any of it back. So I think this generation are looking at different avenues. How can we achieve our goal without going to debt? You know, a lot in, in the NCAA for athletes that thought that the only way I can get to the professional league, I got to go to college. Now they're cracking down. And like, you know, you can do other things. You may you want to go overseas, you want to go to the G League, you know, California just passed a law that, you know, college athletes get paid on their likeness. You know, they're these college athletes are being portrayed in video games, their 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 jerseys are being sold and yet these college kids are not making any money off of it whatsoever. The game is not changing, which I think it's it's long overdue. Um, so I'm not I'm not opposed to any of that, you know, I'm 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 rooting for can it. I, you know, freshly brought up. Can I make a comment? Yeah. Yes, you can, because I was just doing a well, recap, damn it. Okay. Well, one of the things that you said several things that are really important. When you said that the uh, SATs and ACTs were 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 being um, dis this uh, discontinued as admission yeah. a part of the admission policy. 
Well, for many years, there have been um, protests about those examinations simply because of the underfunding that was being done to minority schools and that they were not prepared, the students weren't prepared for these exams to um, because of the fact that the education in the schools didn't um, properly lay the foundation so that they could take them. And this was a discriminatory practice because it was done due to uh, Jim Crow-type situations going on, underfunding to minority schools, so they didn't have the proper STEM educations that they needed. Now, that's the big thing that they're talking about now, STEM, you know, uh, science, technology, and, and, uh, and so forth, and mathematics, where uh, English and mathematics. And, and see, but they need these STEM um, promotions because of the underfunding that these schools had and the fact that they, they had to only uh, teach basic education to many of the students that came through there, and they, they, they had the best education that was possible with the limited access they had to uh, instructors. So that was one of the reasons why that was taken away. And, and I think I had a discussion with somebody, I'm not sure it was you uh, or not, and that was, see, what they found out, and, and when they allowed uh, other students to come to these schools without the SATs, uh, they found out that all these students needed was remedial courses to bring them up to the a level that they needed to in, in these areas that they had a weakness, but they had the aptitude to be able to acquire, to, assim- to assimilate and disseminate this knowledge that was necessary for them to, to progress through school. And, and, and get an academic education. But you had said something also that was very important, and that was in reference to college. You know, people having access to college. And then um, some people are not really um, geared for college, either mentally, physically, attitude, aptitude, whatever. And then sometimes uh, college can, can actually uh, not, or not, not actually, but college doesn't necessarily need to be the median to getting yourself a career success. There's a program that I have um, instituted, not, oh, not, I've introduced instituted, no, it was instituted by many other people who had access and uh, um, contacts um, far beyond my means, and that's a, a program called the Year Up Program. Now, this is a program for high school graduates uh, anyone between the ages of 18 to 24 can get into this program and they can get um, what they call on-the-job training, classroom training first, and then on-the-job training where they'll be placed into an environment where they will, uh, the training that they get will now be picked up and brought into a company that they will interview for. And, they, and it's called the Year Up program because the program is a year long. You you go six months in, into training, intensive training, and then a six month on the job training, internship environment. And these opportunities turn into jobs in eighty five percent of the of the time. If the student really applies themselves, they can um, market these into lucrative opportunities. I, I've gotten one student um, when I started with them a few years back 
into the program, 19 years old, um, fresh out of, of high school, no college. He wanted, as a matter of fact, he was a, he was an, a highly academic student. I mean, honor roll, dean's list, uh, honors. I mean, he was he was everything. Debating team. The boy wanted. I mean, he was he was really ready for college, and he wanted it really badly. He wanted to be uh, an eye surgeon. And I talked to him because I I told him I said, hey, listen, you know, you don't know if you really want to be an eye surgeon. I mean, you think you want to be an eye surgeon right now. I said, but you don't know. You might do it and find out it's not something for you. And I, and I was telling him my experiences and the fact that when I graduated college uh, with a bachelor's degree, I had 162 credits, but I only needed 128 to graduate. But I had 162 because I bounced around between majors because I started out as a chemical uh, engineering major, went into uh, electronic engineering, then I looked at business management, and then because of what happened with an instructor, and this is this is another story, I was in a class, a business management class, and the, the instructor asked everyone in the class, well, what do you want to do? You know, what's your career aspiration? And when he finally got to me, I said, I want to make a lot of money. And everybody started laughing. And he said, okay, again, he said, what do you want to do? I said, no, no, I want to make a lot of money. That's That's, that's really what I want to do. And so... He's like, oh, come on, man. You, I mean, what career? I said, I, I said I'm, I'm going to use business, try to make decent money, you know, through business. And, and everybody's like, you know, you know they start, just start a whole discussion in the class and so forth and so forth. So after the class was over, the instructor pulled me to the side, and he's like, you know, Charles, you've got a lot of aptitude. You're very intelligent. He says, uh, what do you really want to do? I said, you know, I'm thinking business is a way to make money, you know, in, in business, and I'm using this business management to uh, administration to go on and, some with business, he says. Well, he says we really, really want to make money. He says, you know, the, the new thing that's out. This is back in the eighties. Some of you weren't even born yet. Is <laughs> computers? Computers is the way. I'm saying, really, computers? I'm saying, yeah. I said, I've, I've seen some computers. You know, I've, I've been around them, but you know, how how's that going to be? Wait, well, well, there's a new thing that's coming out. It's accounting on the computer. And he said, this is the wave of the future. He was so prophetic, I can't even tell you, because the stuff they're doing now with accounting on computers, people are making six figures off that stuff now. Anyway, I didn't know anything about computers at the time. This is the uh, early 80s. Some people weren't even born yet, like I said. So I said, oh, wow. So I dropped out of school and because I, I found this program that was teaching programming. It was a six-month program. They were teaching um, um, programming on um Many computers. I, I ne- I'd never seen a mini computer before. So this was a, what they would call a disk operating system where you can you actually can touch the computer and you, you maneuver the, the memory around. And I learned some of the, the, the main languages for business at that time. So after doing that, I said, wow. You know, now I learned some things about the way the computer works and business and stuff like that. So I said, hmm, I'm still, I still didn't know enough. So then after that, that's when I went back to school and I – was going to go in for um, um, a computer degree doing um, what they call information systems. There was only one school in, in New York that was doing it at the time. It was Baruch College, and everybody and their mama was getting into this program, which by the time I was trying to get into it, they had closed the doors to admission. So the only school that was left was Lehman College in New York, so I ended up going to Lehman, which has the best computer center of the whole city.
and I didn't even realize that at the time until I went there. And I started bouncing around to different schools because you can, once you start in one school, you can actually go to the other schools and utilize their computer centers as long as you have the, uh, the student ID, the city, city university ID. Once I did that, I said, wow, you know, I like this computer stuff. And then I, I completely forgot about what he was saying in reference to the accounting, and I went and changed. I said, I'm going to be a computer major. And I went and got my degree in computer science. I say all that to say this. So, um, and bouncing in. Huh? Was no, it, did you want to say something? Okay. No, so I was going to no, say this. And, and bouncing around as I did. Yeah. I found out that you can waste a lot of time doing different things if you're not exposed enough to different environments so you can make better choices. What I find is this year up program will give advantages to young people between the ages of 18 and 24, you have to have a high school diploma, they will give you the opportunity to, they'll give you training, they'll teach you how to work in a business environment, uh, business etiquette, they'll teach you how to uh, interview, they'll, they'll give you the skills in, in different career tracks that they have, and then they'll put you in a, a work environment where you can then learn how to actually do actual work that most people you know, getting that first job is so important. You know, done familiarity with it, they, and they put you through your paces before you get there, so you have a certain level of confidence. So when you get to the work, when you finally get into that work environment, you really feel like you have worked, you know, and have been in a working environment, so you're ready for it. That's for well, people. This I, this particular program is for people who are not ready to go to college and want and want to do something with their lives. The Europe program. What were you going to say? The year program, I know I think that's a really good uh, option for many of our young adults to take um, if they're not, you know, keen about going to college, they don't want to go to college. But also got to keep in mind that, you know, many um, of our young adults and many, you know, adults, older adults, you may not know exactly what they want to do. And just like you had, you gave us a, a synopsis of your, your life story you know, it took you a long time to figure out what you really liked. And before, you know, you know, college used to be that transition space where you're an adult, but you're not quite an adult because, you know, as long as you maintain your grades, you had a roof over your head, you had you had food to eat if you stayed in the dorms or whatever. It was like a safe haven for you can you can kind of figure out who you are. Um and figure out what you like, what you don't like, and stuff like that. Um, and some, some, some may, some didn't. Like I didn't use that space for for myself. But college has always been survival because I had a a child in college. So it's like, you know, I didn't make moves because I really wanted to. I made moves because I had to. I did things because I had to, not because I like, you know, wanted to do it. Um, so it's a different for everyone. And you know, whatever that looks like, and you know, whatever you can do, if you can mute people out of your realm and just kind of focus on what it is you like and what if, what what is you want, and um, and try to listen to yourself. I had a friend of mine told me, I was like, how did you make the moves that you did? Like, how did you know? He was like, man, I'm saying I just listened to myself. I said, what the fuck? What do you mean, listen to yourself? You know, I can't even listen to myself. I got other stuff pressing against me that I can't even focus on on what I like, you know. Um, it should be the hardest thing for me to 
to answer, like I'm going on a date, and the guy was like, well, what do you like to do? I'm like, I have no idea what I like to do. <laughs> He's like looking at me, what the fuck you mean? You don't know what you like to do. You know, so especially at young age and then the year program, it's ideal. You know, these kids, they still may not know exactly what they want to do. Like you mentioned the guy, he wants to be an eye surgeon, and you try certain things, and you made people look at you and say, you, you're good at this, you should do it. Like the Aaron Hernandez thing, you know, um, there's a, um, a Netflix um, documentary or whatever on Aaron Hernandez who played um, professional football in the NFL, and he later killed himself while he was in prison. Um, you know, allegedly, you know, he was actually fighting some sexual things. He was gay, and he didn't want everybody to know he was gay. So, and his parents, his father, really looked profoundly bad about being gay. So he tried to hide it. I think he wanted to be a cheerleader, but you know, he was forced to be a football player, which he was great at. He had a forty million dollar contract, and like, you, he got, he excelled in a field that he didn't want to excel in. He was living a life that he didn't want to live, but he was excelling so hard, you know, so it's hard to, you know, you tell a person, like, you're, you've got this much money, you got this, you got this, and they're looking at you like, I'm not happy, this is not what I want, but I got to, you know, maneuver like this because this is what people expect me to do. His fiance, the mother of his child, she said, um, had she known about his sexuality, and if it was true, she would have loved him just the same. You know, um, again, it's hard to figure out what you want to do. It's hard. And sometimes it, it comes easy for some people. They can wake up, and from the time they're born, I want to do this, and they go out and do it. And that's beautiful. But the rest of us, it's not as hard. It's not as easy. It's hard. So, you know, um, you know, this is a two-hour show. We're headed into the last five minutes of it. Say Radio Candid Conversations. Spoke a lot of great things. You know, um, I want to leave some takeaway. And a takeaway is, you know, I know we have responsibilities. And this is something that freshly – and and my son, he was trying to convey to my son that even though you have your dreams and your aspirations, you're trying to figure yourself out, but you still have responsibilities. Nine times out of ten, everybody has responsibilities. We have to find a way to pay our bills and do what we got to do and still pursue our dreams. And, you know, God forbid if you have kids in a situation, it's, then, you know, your dreams get the back burner because now you have more responsibilities that whatever you're dreaming and what you want, it's not a priority. So you have to put the kids first because they didn't ask to be here and tend to their needs, wants, and all the other stuff. And whatever's left for you, you get the crumbs. So I guess that's, that was my life. Um, but with that said, I'm glad that you are able to find your niche after 125 credits whatever, that you found your niche and your passion. The 152 credits, mother, 152 credits, you're able to find your passion. And because some people, they graduate with 152 credits and all this six-figure amount in debt and still don't even have their passion. You know, so 
So that's a blessing that you were able to do that. You know, life is short, you know, with Kobe and the rest of the individuals that passed in that horrible helicopter accident. You know, life is short. You know, I pray that everybody, they could get into a zone and within themselves to figure out what they really want and then execute it. Execute it. Go hard. Go hard. You want to leave anything else for our listeners? Well, what I would say is that if you're if you're not really sure about what you want to do, what you need to do is to expose yourself to different environments, network with different people, with different type of professionals. And sometimes you can go up to the different schools and talk with some of the career counselors there and ask them questions about different types of professions and what, what, what they can do and how you can get exposed. The biggest thing is to expose yourself to these different environments. The things that you're interested in, expose yourself to those environments so this way you don't go off and have, like you said, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and, and still not sure what you want to do. And that's that's a sad commentary. But but the biggest thing is, is, is trying to network to find out what you want to be and what you want to do. There it is. Network, expose yourself, interact with people that may move like you, that may not move like you. Interact, converse, you know, get to know people of all different walks of life, races, you know, nationalities, backgrounds. Expose yourself. Be open. We all can learn something from each other, you know, because um, we got to coexist. Why not coexist and be prosperous together? This is my mindset. This is my thinking. And let me tell you something. I got to throw some light, like, like shade because I'm just be hashtag petty right now. <laughs> I'm in Sandy. I got a text message saying um, that I am rude. I'm a rude individual. Right. I'm a rude, and I, the way I talk to, where I speak, is very um, rude. And this is from the, the same individual that texts, they hate me. I hate you. So, I, you know, my thing is, you don't dish out what you can't take. You know, if I'm a throw shit, I, I can take it back in return. I can, I, I can do that. What I hate is you throw shit at me. If I give it back to you, then there's something wrong with me. If you do not like that aspect of me, don't give it to me. You know, that's just my thinking. And if I give it to you, it's because I can take it. I'm I'm built like strong like that. <laughs> that's all I gotta say. This is Fate Radio. Tune in next Friday. Alter Ego, Fate Radio, Freshly. Miss TB, she wasn't on today. She's she's traveling and she's doing work. She's she's working hard. Girl, we love you. Anyway, State Radio, and you know we gonna be out. Yeah, you know I'm working a switchboard. I'm gonna get me a um my own little personal DJ, and we're gonna make it popping. 
But in the meantime, we're going to do what it do. State Radio, we're out. I'm going to do some J. Cole. No, I'm not going to do that. Where's my outro? I don't know where my outro is. It's so bad. It's so bad. Where is my outro? Okay. You know what? I'm just going to end this episode. We got to end this episode. We'll do this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.